Welcome to Ishigoto. Welcome, Elisa. <laughs> All right, so I want to just like start with some rapid fire questions so that we can ease into things and so that you can get comfortable. Okay. Okay. All right. So first question: You have a unique name, and I know how that feels. A lot of people mispronounce my name. I know a lot of people mispronounce your name. What's the weirdest way someone's mispronounced your name? I mean, living in Jersey, growing up in Cherry Hill. Most of the people, they'll say Daishi, Dashi, Doishi, um, Dasani. Oh. Yeah. What else do they say? Um, that's pretty much it. Really? Yeah. So a lot of people say Dashi instead of Daishi. Yeah. And I'm like, it's Daishi. Right. It's Daishi. But right. they're like, it's okay. Okay. Dashi. Okay. <laughs> Daishi. So your name is Japanese, right? It's Japanese. Do you know why your parents named you Daishi? Is there any meaning behind it? <laughs> I think so. I think my mom said it means uh, being smart, oh. big brain, but I think that's the opposite of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next question. Do you have a lot of self-confidence? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, no. Let's move on. So I know you're a big sushi eater. Yeah. So just a simple question. Favorite role and favorite place to get it? Go. So, yeah, I eat sushi pretty much twice a week. Um, I usually go to a samurai in Glassboro or Tomo, all you can eat. Shout out, maybe they'll sponsor you. (laughs) I need that sponsor because I'm spending like $200 a week on sushi. Uh, My favorite role, I keep it very basic, how I keep my my jiu-jitsu, keeping it simple. Uh It's uh, tuna rolls and and tobiccos, all the fish eggs. So, right in my mouth. (laughs) Right right in your mouth. All the rolls right in his mouth. You heard it here first. You spend $200 a week on sushi? $200 a week. Wow. You know, that's like pretty much my jiu-jitsu money. Yeah. And it's like, man, it keeps me happy. So Yeah. Do you think it contributes to you staying strong and being able to perform well? I think it's somewhat, you know, it's all the carbs I eat, mm-hmm. you know, carb load right before competition. You know, like I said, it keeps it keeps me mentally sane because sushi is like my best friend. Uh-huh. Sushi, my dog, <laughs> my fiance, and that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on, I know you also like to play video games in your spare time. What's your what's your favorite game you like to play? So, my favorite game of all time is Rainbow Six, but uh-huh. I, right now I've been playing Madden. Um, you know, that's where I like let my anger out. I usually play online with a bunch of 12 year old kids and nice. <laughs> they always like to talk crap it gets me in the zone you know uh-huh. when people start talking shit in the game so i mean you know deanna hears it and she she sees what i'm doing i'm freaking yelling like i'm killing someone you know did you know you were gonna have your wiener out on camera today which chance are you talking about <laughs> so you play this you play madden to get your anger out right so you're saying that like Yelling at these kids and just, like, getting your head into the video game, it kind of helps you release some stress? Definitely does. Yeah, it's my therapy session. And you're my therapy session as well. <laughs> <laughs> What's Rainbow? Rainbow Six? It's, it's like Call of Duty. It's oh, okay. Like it's shooting, shooting things? Game. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. What else do you like to do in your free time? Hmm. I Appropriately. Mean, I, I do like to read. But every time I open up the book, it's only, it's only two minutes of, of reading time, and then I'm just off to something else. Uh, yeah, because your mind's always moving, right? My mind's always moving. This is why I love jiu-jitsu, because yeah. when I'm doing jiu-jitsu, whether I'm competing, training, or teaching, 
it keeps me in that present moment. So right, that it's makes my, sense. It's definitely my therapy. Have you always been like that since you were little? Have you always been somebody who was like bouncing around from one activity to the next? Yeah, like I. So being you no know, going to school, like it, it was really hard for me to to focus, sit in a classroom. So like I always got to move. I always got to pretty much work out in a way. So. Yeah. So how did you? kind of um combat that you started getting into sports to to help with that yeah getting into sports and that's it and was it you or your parents or who was the first one to kind of bring to your attention i guess wrestling i mean like growing up my first sport was baseball my, okay. my mom always wanted you know baseball players why is that because uh, she liked softball like she played softball growing up so that was her sport and that makes sense. you know um she wanted baseball players, and the thing was, like, growing up playing baseball, there was a lot of a lot of politics involved with the mm-hmm. coach, coach's dads, you know, playing, you know, favorites and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, then I got into football because of my brother, um, and then, yeah, and then wrestling. And So, when, you're, when you say politics, meaning there was, like, favoritism? Favoritism, yeah. Right. So, your brother was a football player? Yeah. And so you just kind of you're you're the younger brother. I'm the youngest out of three three bro, three boys. Three bros, yep. Gotcha. So your older brother was playing football, so you started playing football for a little bit. And how did you make the transition into wrestling? So it's funny you say that because in sixth grade I wanted to play basketball, like I wanted to try out for the team. Yeah. You know, some Asian, you know, kid trying out for the uh, basketball team. Um. So after school, there was like meetings uh, for basketball, wrestling, and all the other sports. Yeah. So my friends told me, you know, later that day that they were going to go to the wrestling meeting, mm-hmm. and I just felt like, you know, I didn't feel like going to that to the meeting by myself. So mm-hmm. I just ended up following them, and then that's how I got into wrestling. Oh, so wrestling was never like on your radar. Wrestling was never on my radar. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of just fell into it. I just fell into it, and. I hated it at first. I I didn't like running in the hallways, doing the drills, uh, the steps, you know, running up the steps and mm-hmm. stuff. So it was really hard at first, but um, yeah, no, I just uh, I got into it. Would you consider yourself athletic at that point in your life? I was definitely an athlete at the time growing up. Um, like I said, baseball and football were my my two main sports Mm -hmm. until I got into wrestling. So you didn't like all the cardio and running. So when did you eventually kind of decide you you did like wrestling? What was the change? Um, It was pretty much after losing in a wrestle-off in my first year of wrestling. And it really hit me hard because, like I said, like there's a lot of politics in sports. Yeah. Um, The coaches were picking favorites. And the guy, the kid I went up against, that was like, you know, third guy. And also, he was popular in middle school. So, like, that was, like, he was on my radar. I wanted to, <laughs> to beat the shit out of him pretty right. much. So, I just like uh, how it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, it, you know, like, my parents, you know, they're, you know, they're pro wrestlers. But that's that's interesting, though. Like, both your parents were pro wrestling yeah. wrestlers, but wrestling was never on your radar. Like, I would have thought growing up in a family where your mom was a pro wrestler and your dad was a pro wrestler it would have been encouraged for you to become one. Why do you think your mom wanted you to do baseball instead of wrestling? Well, the thing about pro wrestling is it's fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in a way, it's yeah, not. scripted. Yeah, yeah, but it's an art at the same time. Right. Um, you know, like, I guess, I don't know, my mom never, they never had any experience in, in folk style wrestling. Right. In our amateur wrestling. Right. So. 
that makes sense. I mean, it is scripted, but it's still real as far as how it is on your body. Like it's different yeah, yeah, on your body. Sure, you're really the doing. In, you're really doing the that. movement. You're yeah. just you just know what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So it sounds like you were in middle school. You started doing wrestling. You didn't like it at first, but then once the competitive part of it came out, that's mm -hmm. when you started liking it, when you got the chance to go after these guys that you wanted to be. Is that accurate? I mean, pretty much. Like, you know, like, you know how it is in school. Usually, you know, if you're if you're the man in, in that sport, you know, you're all the all the girls want you so like they would all come to the to the matches and stuff uh -huh. so they were all cheering for you know for them and i was like you know what i want to be the best on the team yeah i want to get well that. max um said the same thing when he was on the podcast with amanda he was saying that he got into wrestling and he didn't take it as serious until not just the girls but guys and girls would come watch and he didn't want to lose in front of them so yeah. it sounds very similar once your peers were watching you you wanted to do the best you could do to impress them yeah yeah. So you became pretty good at wrestling. Why? Just because you wanted to win? I mean, I think it's, I don't know, like, it's weird having, like, you know, wrestling is, it's a brutal sport. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I first got into wrestling, yeah, it was honestly the fear of losing. Like, yeah. And just embarrassing myself in front of everyone, especially, right. like, being 12 years old. Um you know, I guess something in me, like, in wrestling, you kind of want to, like, pace yourself in a way mm -hmm. and not, <laughs> not blow your load. But, like, I just had this, <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't know. My coach has always told me to just, you know, you need to slow it down a bit, yeah. like, in, in matches. But, like, I don't know. Once I get out there, I just want to, I want to rip someone's head off pretty much. Right. So, was there a point in time where... A coach or somebody kind of sat you down to talk about this becoming part of your your future with high school and then college no because growing up football was my main sport mm -hmm. so like uh that was my main sport and just yeah wrestling wasn't like my main focus at the time but there was eventually a switch right because yeah. you're you, you're all american right for a junior college right yeah. so how like take me through how did you end up getting to that point so pretty much, like, my plan was to play college football, mm -hmm. and that never happened. So I took two years off of school, or actually I went to a junior college mm -hmm. around, the you know, where I, where I used to live, and I ended up dropping out. So mm -hmm. those two years, I ended up working, and then at Camden County College, my uh, my wrestling coach, who's a legend in, in high school, mm -hmm. known to be like the, one of the best high school coaches of all time, ended up taking over that program. Who's that? Co uh, coach Gary Popham. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is college? This is junior college? Junior college. Okay, so why did you end up not doing football in college? Uh, so at the time, I had a girlfriend, mm -hmm. and we just ended up staying close, close to home. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So you went to junior college and then this coach helped you. Yeah. Like he, so it was either that or the military. Mm -hmm. Like I was in the process of joining the army, just like my two older brothers. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, one day my, um, you know, coach Papa, mm -hmm. he, he recruited me. He gave me a call because I used to go to his wrestling club. So he gave me a call and was talking about the program and then, got me back into school and yeah that's how it all worked gotcha out. so it's kind of like the second time wrestling fell in your lap 
Yeah, pretty That's much. Interesting. It was like a second chance and another thing about wrestling. It definitely, definitely changed my life mm-hmm. for sure. So how long did you then wrestle for him? Uh, for two years. I was planning on like I was planning on wrestling uh, after that, mm-hmm. but I had a semester left in college, so I ended up taking that that year off to redshirt and just to, to volunteer mm-hmm. at my my old wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that year, once I graduated, I was thinking about wrestling, but then I found jujitsu, and you know I just I fell in love with jujitsu. How old were you when this? Transition happened to finding jujitsu. Uh, I think I was 22, 22. And how did that happen? How did you end up finding jujitsu? So, like, I wanted to do jujitsu, like maybe before I got got into wrestling, because this old where I used to live, um, the academy that was near around my house. Um, I just wanted to to check it out because my best friend does jujitsu. So, you know, for like maybe five years. I was, um, you know, I was very hesitant, and so pretty much like one day, it was like either do CrossFit in the off season or or do something else. And I told myself like jujitsu is better for is a better like cardio for for wrestling in the off season. So, so jujitsu was never something you thought you were going to get into full time. It was more just something to keep you active in the off season. Yeah, pretty much, and then. Um, looking into more like the jujitsu and like studying it, I was like, man, this this looks fun. And also, like at the time, like inst- like being on Instagram and like watching Fight to Win, mm-hmm. I saw you know two females scrapping on on the big stage in front of everyone. And to me, I thought that was cool. So that's what kind of like motivated me to to stay in in jujitsu. Do you remember who that was? Um, Yara and and someone else, yeah. Yara Helmy. Yara Helmy. And and another person. Yeah, another remember. person. But I'm not gonna say anything. Right. So you're saying, so you're saying. I need to hold on before. Oh my god. I need to eat a banana. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. So you're basically saying you owe your jujitsu career to Yara Helmy. <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. Like, I'll always remember the song, and it was. Not even her competing. It was just her walking down the the ramp, just like looking cool. Her and her her sister Nancy, like they were just like they were so cool, you know. Um, what was the song? It was Lizzo. Lizzo yeah, yeah. That, it was pretty wow. badass. I will never forget. <laughs> Who knew? I was a white belt at the time, watching <laughs> yeah. this girl like on there. I was like, man, I'm a huge fan. And now, and now we're besties, but besties. You know, she's all right. Nice. So you saw you saw Yara looking cool as hell, dancing to Lizzo, mm-hmm. and you decided you wanted to get more involved in jujitsu and take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, pretty much. And before we move on, Yara is known for the bow and arrow choke, so we call it the the bow, bone Yara. Right? Yep. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah. Your wiener's eating your banana. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so do you remember what year that was, roughly, or how old you were, roughly? I was 22 or 23. Okay, so at this point, you decided you wanted to focus less on wrestling and get more into jiu-jitsu? Well, I was going to, so I had, a, like, a, a full scholarship, in a mm-hmm. way, um, to wrestle out out west, like Iowa okay. or Missouri, but I didn't want to go that far, you know, move out at the time. Right. And it was just that fear, just being away from home. 
Right. Um, also, just like at the time, I remember when I was still thinking about staying home or, or moving on to, to wrestle, I remember like Coach Papa offered me to, to coach the next season right. as a paid coach. So I ended up just taking that and then just to focus on jiu-jitsu for a little bit. Right. And was your first jiu-jitsu gym web MMA? No, I'm not going to say no. the, the first gym, but it was some small gym uh, around where I used to live. Gotcha. So yeah. you were there for a few years, and then at one, some point you obviously made the transition to web, right? Yeah, I made the transition to webs, and definitely the best decision. For sure. Yeah? Yeah. Gotcha. So you started training at web MMA. Your jiu-jitsu was getting better and better. At what point did you decide you wanted to become a competitor? Um, hmm. Honestly, it was at the time when I was a blue belt. It was before I was at webs. Um, it was in 2019. I did no gi pans mm-hmm. and I submitted everyone and won no gi pans. And I was like, man, I can, you know, I can actually do this. You know? Right. Um, and then after COVID was when I had Tex Johnson and Paul right. Ardilla yep. in the same night. And I remember at the time. You Tex- lucky man. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul Ardilla is a handsome man. <laughs> at the time, Tex Johnson was like. He was one of the best guys in the world at heavyweight, yeah. I believe. Um, he just submitted Felipe Pena. Yeah. And I had a match with him, and it was best out of three. So the first round, I was beating him three to zero with mm-hmm. 30 seconds left. And then he ends up throwing me into a wall. It actually went viral on Reddit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then this after is- that, I had Paul in the finals. This is the guy that Kev said he would never want to have a match against because he's like a crazy dude. Oh, he was talking about Tex Johnson? Yeah, he said something about, like, did he bite somebody? Did he? Or was that just Kev joking? I think Kev said he would never. He said he didn't want to. He said it was one of the people he wouldn't want to have a match with because he thinks he would do something crazy. That's how how me and Paul became friends after that because, like, we had a match in the finals um, after I went up against Tex. And it was best out of three. Ended up being, like, the first two rounds were, were tied, mm-hmm. and then we went to round three, and the whole time it was just a wrestling match. And with the last 20 seconds of the match, we had just this crazy scramble. He ends up getting an advantage, and then wins, he ended up winning the match. But, yeah, right. it was just it was just a lot of respect there right. for that match. Definitely but, one of my favorite matches of all time. Was jiu-jitsu something that you would say came natural to you? Uh, I think it came natural to me because... I just, it's hard to explain, but the way I think, mm-hmm. like, I really f- emphasize and focus on the basics, and I really, like, break it down into, like, small details in my head, and, you know, my fiance knows, like, I'm annoying her every single day with just little details with my techniques, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of, like, that, and then just a lot of, I'm just obsessed with it, right. I'm obsessed with the sport, um, I don't really watch too much film, in a way, I just do a lot of visualization in my head right with scenarios and you know stuff like that gotcha so you had this match with tex johnson and at that point it kind of hit you that you're pretty good at this and you could go pretty far with it right yeah i mean yeah it's fun i honestly like i'm i love jujitsu i love competing but it's a lot of stress and yeah. you know that's something i gotta i gotta work on because sometimes it can affect my the way I live and right. so but yeah, no, I love it and 
But what really makes me happy in jiu-jitsu is teaching. Really? Yeah, I love teaching. Honestly, I love teaching more than, than competing. Right. So I know you teach at Freedom Jiu-Jitsu. Is that your first teaching job? Yeah, you're my student. <laughs> <laughs> you coached wrestling before, though, right? Yeah, I coached at Camden County right after I was done with college. I can give it the years. Okay. I mean, yeah. Give it to me. Yeah, from 2017 to last year, so 2023. Right. And... Yeah, no, it was great. Like, it was just a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. It definitely helped me keep up with my wrestling. And now with jiu-jitsu, wrestling is big in the sport. Right. And, you know, a lot of jiu-jitsu guys who don't have any wrestling experience are are practicing their wrestling, their takedowns, right. and they're getting good. So that's what I, that's what I like about jiu-jitsu. Like, I call it um, submission grappling or wrestling. Uh, half wrestling and half grappling, really. Do you prefer coaching jujitsu over wrestling, then? Yeah, I definitely do. And I'm going to say this: like in wrestling, there's a lot of egos, and they don't listen to the coaches. And to me, that's very disrespectful. And this is why a lot of those kids don't get better in the sport. Um. <laughs> so you prefer coaching jujitsu, and your first time coaching jujitsu was with Freedom, right? You never coached a um, web, did you? No, I mean. First time getting paid as an instructor, okay. so <laughs> right. No, I I start so I started teaching as a blue belt at my first gym. Oh, okay. um, I taught the kids and I taught some adult classes, so nice. that's what really helped me out. Um, one thing I can say about that professor is that you know he told he asked me if you know if I would ever want to open up a gym one day, and you know I never really thought about opening up a school, but you know that kind of you know, he kind of put that in my head. Do you prefer coaching adults or kids? Kids. Why? Because, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> no, I like coaching the kids better than the adults. I like coaching both, don't get me wrong. But with the kids, like, you know, you really think the adults are going to be doing burpees. And, yeah. like, I like how I teach the kids is, like, a wrestling practice. I put them into, like, that that grind of just, like, doing sprints. Um you know, it just my goal is to to produce world champs. Like I want to start them from at a young age and and get them to you know to wherever they want to be growing up. But I definitely like teaching the kids better. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's like it's more satisfying and rewarding. Yeah, it's more rewarding. And you know, I at Freedom, I see how much those kids love competing, and and I see how much work they put in and how de- dedicated they are. So. Um, to me, that's very, uh, very rewarding. Right. It makes me happy. And, you know, this past weekend you competed, but so did our kids. Yeah. And I know you and Deanna were there coaching. Is that something you enjoy doing? Yeah, no, I definitely love coaching. Like this past weekend, we coached at, at the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. The, the kids did great. It was a long day, and I ended up competing myself. Right. Um, that's something I would never do ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, it's a lot. You know, like... I was um, very close to not competing at the, at that event, but I just, Why is it that? was a lot of, why? Because it ended up going on till, till like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I was there from eight o'clock in the morning till two in the morning. And I told my, you know, this is like my job. Like I'm trying to be the best grappler that I can be and mm-hmm. to be the best in the world. So right. I told myself, look, everyone 
here who's competing is is in the same situation. So right. let me just stop being a bitch and actually <laughs> actually take care of business. So yeah. right when you're coaching the kids, does it feel personal if they win or lose? Like I get upset when they lose and stuff like that, but you know, as long as they're putting themselves out there to compete, like that right there just makes me happy because it's not easy right. for for a kid to compete especially in an individual sport um what really makes me mad it's not with our our parents but parents you know at the tournaments they'll yell at their kid right right after a loss right you know? right but um, how do you think is the appropriate way for a parent to speak to their child after a loss give them you know just encourage them give them positive feedback or if you know if they're feeling some type of way just stay away from them until you start feeling good right and so, right so what's like your ultimate goal you want to see from the kids like what would make you happy just it depends on their. i mean it depends on their goals like if they are competitors yeah i want them to become world champs one day mm -hmm. but it's really turning kids into better people yep. when they get older and that's my purpose that's what I feel like my purpose is in life is to make people, you know, make to turn out better people around me <laughs> to make kids <laughs> to, turn make, out to, be to good make people. kids to not be douches. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any experiences already with seeing kids kind of flourish from coming to jujitsu, like your classes? Yeah, no. So, like I said, the way I run my my classes, mm -hmm. I sometimes run in and like like it's a wrestling practice. Right. Um, there's a couple of competitors who, you know, who just have that wrestling mindset. They're just like it's hard. They're, it's just like gritty. They're like going hard. Um, you know, they no, they're more confident. Themselves, yeah. You know, from when I first met them till now, now, which I absolutely love. So that's yeah, awesome. That's great. So getting back to ADCC, so you got there super early. You said you were there by 8 a.m.? 8 in the morning, yeah. Yep. And then when was your first match? Uh, I believe my first match was around like 10.30. Right. Was night. it yeah. Was it difficult all day knowing you still had to go? Like was it something you had to kind of like was, battle with your mind? I, it was a mind battle. Like, um, you know, what really helped me was – you know, Deanna being in my corner because I kept telling her, like, I had negative thoughts saying, like, I'm not going to compete. Mm -hmm. Let me just be here for my students and my right. teammates because I'm coaching throughout the, uh, throughout the day. Um, but then, you know, I just had to tell myself and she told me, like, listen, listen, this is like, I'm trying to make a career out of jujitsu. This is mm -hmm. my job. So treat it like it's, it's my job. Right. Yeah. And your last competition before this competition was trials, right? It was the East Coast trials. Right. And yeah. you, and you did well, but your last match was a loss. So was that something that was also kind of a mind fuck? Like you're coming off of a loss. You have a long day. You've been here since 8am. Like that's a lot to I kind mean, of deal yeah, with. Yeah. The East Coast trials was back in October. Yeah. Um, that was about five months ago. And not only that, I lost to a man who, <laughs> I lost to a man who, won the whole trials, won the whole tournament. Right. Um, I mean, if you're going to lose, that's not just his first time winning, but it was his fourth time. Right. So I believe this is his fourth or fifth time being in the world championship. And also, he's a good dude. So Who are you talking about? This is mystery, man. <laughs> no, I'm talking Paul Ardella. He's, he's a great yeah. guy. So, like, when I, you know, he, 
he hit me with the slick triangle and it was something that I couldn't defend. You know, he beat me with his skills. It wasn't because I beat myself. And usually, you know, most of my losses in the past couple of years are because of my mindset Mm -hmm. or because of the way I perform. Right. But he beat me fair and square. So there was nothing to be upset about. Right. Right. So I'm, but I'm sure though, like going into yesterday or Saturday, there was some pressure on you, right? Um, there was some pressure because, you know, Big J was telling me that, you know, flow or ADCC, they're going to be watching you and recording you. Mm -hmm. So, and this is my tournament going into to the trial, so I'm right. trying to build that momentum back up. So there was a little, little bit of pressure, but at the end of the day, like all this is fun. Um, you know, grappling's fun. It's yeah. not like I'm getting punched in the face yet. So right. So what are some things you do to prepare for your competitions? So with the mind that I have, where I'm always thinking about a million different things. Yeah. Um, now it's more so just meditating you know mm-hmm. keeping my eyes closed um right just, before you go on yeah just staying out of the venue mm-hmm. um i pretty much you know i try to calm my mind as much as i can going into competition but yeah and what about like physically like what are you are you working on specific things in training leading up to um, your matches um i used to have camps for for my matches, but now it's pretty much train every single day, mm-hmm. at least once a day. Um, also, I have a strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Adams. He His place is in Cherry Hill. It's called Alpha Athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, he's helping me twice a week, working on my explosive movements with my with you know a lot of hip movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Leading up to competitions, um, I'm just very grateful to have. Uh, Jonathan in my corner he's you know he's awesome he's there for literally everyone Um, he wants to make sure that like you know you get the training you need Um, Mm -hmm. yeah no like this past weekend he you know he had to to corner one of our guys in the UFC who's in the UFC um, out in Vegas but then he flew back on on a Friday to to coach uh, Manny, right, mm-hmm. and then he went all the way back to to Vegas to to corner uh, Joe Piper right. in the main event. So that right there just shows how dedicated he is to right. his students. And you know, um, seeing that is just like, man, there's not many coaches out there in the world that would do anything uh, like what he's doing. Right, but he's um, yeah, he's he's the man. And you know, ever since I lost or ever since I left my my first gym. You know, I remember texting him, asking him, like, you know, if it's okay to train there. He just brought me in, you know, welcomed me to his to his academy. And, right. you know, again, very grateful for those opportunities. Yeah. Are there certain training partners at Web MMA, Web MMA that you feel kind of push you to be the best version of yourself for jiu-jitsu? Yeah, like, it's crazy because, again, Deanna, she's my main drilling partner Mm -hmm. um but when it's when it comes time to like train really hard with someone close to my weight guys like steve he pushes me steve joachim steve joachim joachim steve joachim no like steve pushes me he uh specializes in leg locks right and you know like he it's he has this uh the style that no one has in in, in jujitsu 
where he has this one leg that's super flexible. It's like, how, how, how do you pass this guard? Right. So he really pushes me. Um, yeah, there's, there's many guys, you know, many guys at webs. There's a bunch of stud like blue belts who are just good competitors that will just go out and push. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you say to yourself before, right before you walk out? So I'm going to steal this from my, my good friend, Amanda Levy. But it's a it's a mantra. It's pretty much look good, feel good. Mm-hmm. And back to my college coach Gary Papa, he would always tell us to to self talk positive. Mm-hmm. Um, where you know, and his mantra was look good, feel good. And he would do this thing where you uh, put both hands on your heart, and mm-hmm. then you, it's called the nine heart respirations, where you take uh, nine deep breaths, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you take nine deep breaths and. You know, you, you know, you close your eyes and you keep telling yourself, I look good, feel good, and try to stay in the present moment. Gotcha. So, yeah. so that's kind of what you say right before you walk out there. Yeah, that or just a different mantra, relax, you know, or I'm the best. Do you, like are you pretty nervous still after all the competitions you've done? Are you still pretty nervous right yeah. as you walk out? Yeah. My last match in the finals, I almost threw up. Really? I had to walk out of the venue because I was gagging, you know, the reason why I felt like that is because I watched the semis and I saw how my, my opponent was who I thought was going to lose, but he ended up beating the shit out of the dude that, that I thought was going to go up against. And he's a, a Ricardo black belt. But what really helped me was when Ricardo Almeida was talking to Deanna, he, he told Deanna that, Oh man, your, your fiance has beautiful jujitsu. So that kind of motivated me a little bit, but he's going to watch us and be like, God, damn uh, he's, it. Not, he's not going to watch us yet, but oh, okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I'm going to literally send it to him, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um, when you kind of slap your opponent's hand, do the nerves completely go away and you zone in? Yeah. So it's crazy because like I watch Paul Ardilla. Yeah. I'm going back to Paul. Like yeah. I see love how- your life. Well, he's a good dude. He's a lawyer. He, he has a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu is all fun to him. But I see how composed he is mm-hmm. and how relaxed he is. So, like, I try to do the same thing. I try to keep my arms or pretty much my limbs nice and relaxed as mm-hmm. much as I can. Uh, focus on my breathing. And whatever happens out on the mat happens. Like, doesn't matter if I win or lose. As long as I give it 100%, you know, I should be proud of that. Right. I agree but with you. Don't get me wrong. I expect to win every single time. Right. You're confident in your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the three matches you just had, because I feel like that's what people are going to want to hear about. So I don't remember all their names, but your your first match, walk us through. Were you confident walking out there for that first match? I was, um, I got in the zone. So I I really have to put myself in a position where like, you know, if anyone talks to me, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to punch him in the face or we like you, you can't. Like, I'm nice, right? But when it comes to competing, I get, you know, very stressed out. Emotional. Emotional. And if someone tries to talk to me, it takes my focus away. So, you know, I have to put my myself in the zone, do the self-talk uh, positive stuff. And, and, yeah, going in there, I was very confident, knowing that, like, you know, I'm going to get the submission and 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 get and get the w which i did so right did you have a a game plan like it seemed like you were kind of toying with that guy Uh, it looks like it but no that's that's the game plan i was doing where i play a specific game i use my wrestling and my 
pretty much wrestle from the feet or, or wrestle up where I play this high and low game mm-hmm. where it breaks my opponent's posture by without touching them in a mm-hmm. way. So that's what I did. And, you know, it helped me set up my guillotine from there. There was a moment where you walked across the floor like a gorilla that a lot of people are resharing right now on Instagram. Oh, are they? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's literally just me. But no. <laughs> um, was that something like, was that, was that like you kind of joking around or is that for a specific reason? Honestly, or what? like I know, you know, people call me the go gorilla or maybe it's just a few people, but soon, <laughs> soon it's going to be everyone. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a joke. Like he, we were out of bounds and he started backing away and I was already, you know, butt scooting. And I was like, fuck that. Instead of butt scooting, I'm going to start walking like a gorilla. But I didn't have that in my mind. Um, yeah, it wasn't pre-planned. No, it was just, honestly, it's that that little confidence in me. Or not little, but it's the, the confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, like if he tries to sprawl or go for a guillotine, I'm going to take his back. Right. You know, just I'm, my eyes are locked in on my opponent. Yeah. There were even a couple moments where you were kind of giving, turning your back to him and walking away from him. Um, I mean, that takes a lot of confidence knowing that he could just run right up on you. Why did you make that decision? I do that. It's, um, it's just to set up other attacks. You know, what I do is like, I want my opponent to feel tense mm-hmm. pretty much if I feel if that if I feel their arms all tensed up, I know they're nervous. Mm-hmm. So that helps me build more confidence going into the match. And you know, it's not really toying with them. It's more so if he tries to take my back, maybe I can go for a leg lock or or take his neck from there. So gotcha. I always have something going on in this mind here. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. So after that first match, coming off of that win, I'm sure that gave you a little bit of momentum for your second match. How did you feel going into your second match compared to your first? Uh, going into my second match, the guy actually beat me twice when I was a blue belt. Oh, really? Yeah, he okay. submitted me with a heel hook, and he beat me like 12 to 4. Wow. Um, so this was like five years ago. Right. So going into that match, I knew, like I was confident enough to, to beat him. And, you know, I wasn't nervous. I knew I wanted this match eventually. Mm-hmm. And it felt really good felt really good to get that w right it just shows your yeah, growth my growth your, what was your game plan with him so, like knowing that he's like known for leg locks yeah, yeah yeah was there a specific setup you were going for to protect yourself and be able to submit him yeah so i was i think what it was was like i was trying to get the submission i had mm-hmm. the chin cup a couple times and i think once i scored my points i was like all right this guy needs to start working so I was waiting for him to come mm-hmm. at me or maybe stand up and try to wrestle me. Yeah. Um but no, I felt I felt really good in that match and you know, I knew I knew I was going to get the win. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to actually think. The reason I brought that up is cuz there was like there was a couple times where it seemed like you had an opportunity to submit him. Yeah. And you didn't follow through and submit him. And I remember asking somebody why and I thought it was because Was it the heel hook or no, I thought I thought you had like a front head or something. So I had the the chin cup, but mm-hmm. it it wasn't tight enough, and he was doing okay. a good job defending it. So it was really good, like listening to to Big J. Mm-hmm. He he said just put the knee on the stomach, right. and if he didn't tell me that, you got points, I told though. him I I wouldn't have scored any points, right. and we would we would have went into overtime. So right. that that, that really helped me out with his um with his guidance. So right, like playing playing to the rule set. Yeah, yeah. So that was um. Yeah, it was, it was good. So then you got that win, and then your last match, 
Yeah, so I thought my last match against a Ricardo guy, he's a good black belt. I thought I was going to have the other the other guy who's the second seed, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, I believe. But, you know, watching Leon, I believe that's his mm-hmm. name, watching him, you know, beat Brian 10-0 to in overtime as well, um, that kind of, you know, that kind of messed with my mind a little bit. Yeah. And I just had to get, get out of the venue and, and do – my my deep meditation Mm -hmm. but yeah so when you went in with leon how did it feel when you guys first matched up like i think you told me he felt pretty strong right yeah so going in there i was a little bit nervous because it's like you're in the finals and you really want that gold medal Mm -hmm. so it's okay it was uh my focus wasn't 100 percent there Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, let me just play the rules a little bit. Let me stay relaxed and mm-hmm. and just stay on my feet and just feel his energy, feel him out a little bit. And then as I got into the match, I felt more comfortable. And, yeah. And that went into overtime, right? Before we got to overtime, I had – he wrestled up on me, and I had a guillotine, right? And mm-hmm. if I let go of that guillotine, he would have scored points. Right. So what I had to do was – hit like a butterfly sweep to wrestle up right. into a front headlock. And that really saved me. And and I think what really helped me with that was teaching the kids at Freedom and showing them like, all right, this is how to not get scored on. Right. Where if you get taken down, you got to go for a submission. And if right. you can't get the submission, you have three seconds to get back up. So right. all of the teaching really helps me into those rule set at right. ADCC. Yeah, that's interesting. And I know at the very end, like maybe the last 30 seconds, I know Jay was kind of screaming to you to just take some shots yeah. um, in order for you to kind of win the advantage. Do you think that that's what ended up winning you the fight? 100%, 100%. And over time, I believe I took like four single leg shots. And I knew I knew I was going to finish the takedowns. But I know if I can get to the leg and mm-hmm. just keep working him, that's going to get me those that that w and it's really the initiations like i have the advantages in my my head even though you can't see it on the scorecard like i know i'm winning the the match by the aggressor so when the match finally ended and the judge the judges were going over uh the match did you know you won or were you not sure i knew so it was either i won or we were going to hit a second overtime and because my opponent was like, yo, I think it's going to be a second overtime. I'm like, oh, fuck, really? it ain't, ain't going to be a second overtime because I'm tired to sell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I knew I, I won. You, you yeah. had a good feeling. Because yeah. um, when your hand got raised, it looked like just such a sense of relief over your face. Well, you know, like having some media attention, you know, cameras around me. That, Like I said, that puts a little pressure on me. So um, it's just, just facing those adversity as well, just coaching all day and – Telling myself, like, look, it's okay to not compete. Like, right. I can go home. And then just en- ended up sticking Pushing with through. it. Yeah. The, that right there, like, it's not the, the medal that I got. It's just, like, everything behind the medal. Right. I was going to say, what does that win mean to you overall? It's definitely it's definitely one of my top accomplishments. Um, all the ADCC gold medals I have, or the two ADCC gold open medals I have are definitely my, my top ones. And was this one, would you, wh- where was the other one you won? Uh, S- Scottsdale, Arizona. Was this time winning more difficult? Would you say it was more, I, I think it would be more difficult. Um, I know in Arizona I had tougher opponents, mm-hmm. um, and you know, getting those big wins really meant a lot. So, 
it, 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 it all, they were both the, About same, the same people, yeah. Was it also three matches in Arizona? Three matches, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. After yeah. beating, um, in the finals, after beating Felipe Trovo, mm-hmm. you know, that really, like, gave me more confidence and just believing in myself. Like, look, like, I'm one of the best guys in the world because at the time he was number one right. in the world for the Opens, and I took that number one spot from him. So. Right. What doors do you kind of expect um, these wins to open for you? Or do you hope open for you? Um, I mean, hopefully I can get on a who's number one card. Like, I yeah. think, honestly, like, I, I think I got the look. I know I got the look. So um, it's just it's it's just a matter of time, really. And it's not only that, it's my style and the way I play the game. You know, what, I'm excited. What look do you think they're going for with long hair, banana shirt? I mean, long hair, banana shirt, Asian, handsome Asian guy. <laughs> like, what else? Like, yeah, like, like what else I'm, do you I'm want? a good looking guy. <laughs> No, you do. I, me and Amanda Levy, actually, when you were out there, she turned to me and was like, Daichi has a cool look about him. I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of does play into everything, right? Yeah, it, it plays look into good, everything. Feel good. It's look good, feel good. You know, I am good. And, <laughs> you know, I, you know, this year, well, last year has been like a great year. You know, mm-hmm. like just I had about 25 matches and I lost to two guys. Mm-hmm. And they, the two guys I lost to were Paul and Giancarlo and those two guys are one of the best guys in the world so like right. after like like looking back and seeing what I did in 2023 I'm like right. look man I'm I'm right there I know I'm right there I just got to keep working hard to get right. to the top of the uh, you know. so you won 23 out of 25 matches in 20 of uh, 23 I think about 25 matches yeah. but I have two losses in those 25 right. so 2023 was a good year and now 2024 you're starting off pretty freaking strong taking home yeah, 2023 was a really good year. Um, I got my black belt, so this yeah. is my black belt debut. debut. And yeah, it's not a bad way to start. Starting three and zero, and listen, I'm a winner. Like you know, I'm gonna get these losses every once in a while, but you know, at the end of the day, like like the stress that I put myself through and the hard work, like every single day, like I expect to win every single time. And I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a Gordon Ryan or Giancarlo. Like I expect to win. So what's next for you? ADCC West Coast Trials is next, unless some promotion messages me about something. What is like your your end goal? If you can think of where you want to be in the next one to two years, what's your ultimate goal? As a competitor? Yes. Um, as a competitor, win the ADCC Trials, um, get to the Worlds, and, and win that. So, nice. But I got about... I mean, I see Wagner, who still competes at a high level, at 41. He just won the the Atlantic City Open as well at 91 kilos. Like, seeing him do it, like, man, I expect to be in this sport as a high-level competitor for the next 10 years. So that's, awesome. that's why, like, you know, if it doesn't happen next year or in two years, I know, like, all the hard work I'm putting in is going to pay off towards the end. Absolutely. The end career, so. Yeah. So uh, let's talk now on a more personal level. So. Obviously, you're dating a professional MMA fighter, Deanna Bennett. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Um, does that factor in and play into your success as far as when it comes to training? I'm sure she's pushing you in certain ways that maybe you weren't pushing yourself before. Is that right? A hundred percent. Like, I'll go back and, like, 2022, I had a rough year. Like, I told her, I think my record was, like, 6-14. and 14, mm-hmm. But those losses were, like, tight, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So it definitely played a, a huge factor. Um, my focus wasn't there before I met her. Um, ever since I met her, 
it's weird. Like I just been winning. So she's definitely there for me no matter what. She mm-hmm. travels with me. Um yeah, no, like I'm I'm truly grateful to have her in my life. Yeah. And what are what are some things she's taught you jujitsu wise? Uh, so like she, you know, I'm sure many people in the gym who who have trained with her know this, but like her pressure is definitely the like I never felt that pressure ever from mm-hmm. a guy. You know, mm-hmm. like she has the best pressure in the world. Yeah. And like she, she it honestly feels like a two hundred and fifty pound <laughs> person. Like that's how <laughs> heavy her pressure is <laughs> but no just every woman wants to hear yeah, exactly i mean i but listen like i don't judge but i <laughs> i um she she taught me what uh, that pressure like before i met her my pressure wasn't there mm-hmm. in a way and she taught me how to to put more pressure on on my opponents by is there on top, so is there like a very basic tip you can give us for creating better pressure that you learn from her mm. It's it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. You know how in wrestling they say "dick in the dirt" for mm-hmm. the guys. Well, for females, it's flaps on the floor. So you just got to keep that heavy pressure sprawl down and put those flaps right on the floor. <laughs> but for you, it's still dick in the dirt, right? <laughs> I mean, the only way to find out is to take these pants off. <laughs> But we're yeah. gonna take your word for it um that's awesome though what else has she kind of helped you with you said your your mental game is just having like a good support system it's more my it's my mental game it's the way i live like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie before i met her i would eat fast food mm-hmm. yard knows i would eat fast food three times a week mm-hmm. like ever since i met her man i don't even remember the last time i ate at mcdonald's mm-hmm. and she she cooks for me she she does a lot for me yeah i'm very uh appreciative and she knows that that's awesome so kind of staying on your personal family life you touched earlier on how your mom's a pro wrestler which i think is like a really cool fact that not a lot of people know about you um can you kind of explain to us like where was she a pro wrestler and how did she end up doing that as a career yeah i mean this may be a touchy topic if you know because the way she so she got into pro wrestling and you know that's how she met my dad. My dad's a pro wrestler or was a pro wrestler. Um, but she started out in, in North Carolina or somewhere down South. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she, you know, she wrestled for many promotions. She wrestled with, you know, on the same card as Hulk Hogan. She wrestled at the, at the spectrum in Philly. You know, she, you know, she did a lot. You know, That's so. cool. Was that something you? She didn't obviously do that when you were a little kid, right? That was no, like long she gone. Did it, I forget what year, but I know she did it in the early eighties till late eighties. Right. She did it while she had my two my two older brothers, oh, cool. but once she had me, she she ended up stopping. Was that something you were like aware of as a kid? Was it something she like talked about a lot? She she didn't talk about a lot actually. I think it was like more so my like people I knew from school. They're like, oh, your parents were pro wrestlers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, I knew my parents were pro wrestlers, um, but she didn't really talk about that much. Right. Yeah. But I assume when you were wrestling, she must have had some understanding of what you were doing, right? She, so my older brother, my two older brothers actually wrestled for a couple mm-hmm. years at their high school. So she, that's where she didn't really understand it until they started wrestling. Right. But now she, she loves the sport. She loves 
jujitsu way more than than wrestling or any other sport yeah. I played in. Like, you know, at any professional event I'm I'm at, like a fear, you'll hear her screaming the whole time. Yeah, yeah she's, she definitely, definitely understands it too because I've stood next to her during trials and strong She knows what's going on. Yeah, she she lives in Florida right now, which is a good thing. Like I, I really <laughs> love her. I love her, you know, so much. She's my big my biggest fan, very supportive, but definitely uh. Our pa- our personalities do not match at all. Very strong personality. You don't think you have a strong personality? I mean, maybe with you. In you certain guys, ways. Maybe. And so you said both your parents were professional wrestlers, right? Yeah. I mean, I can talk about it. My <laughs> you're giving me mixed signals. So uh, confused. No. Yeah. So my my dad my dad was a pro wrestler too. Um, more in Japan in those promotions called mm-hmm. FMW. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrestled. Uh, like if he wrestled in the U.S., he would wrestle at ECW back mm-hmm. in the day when they were big. But he was definitely big in in Japan. Right. Um, he was the guy, so That's everyone awesome. knew who he was. He wrestled um, a bunch of legends like Mick Foley, Chris Jericho. When Chris Jericho first got into pro wrestling, but wrestled you know a lot of guys. I mean, you, you know, you guys can look him up. He's on YouTube everywhere. He, his name is Tarzan Goto. But yeah. Wow. So your mom definitely, met- definitely he was known for like uh, barbed wire matches and just hardcore matches, and that's where the I believe the pro wrestling or that's where the U.S. got it from. Gotcha. US. But he only wrestled in Japan. He re- he wrestled in America as well. Oh, he did. Yeah, I believe okay. in ECW and just other promotions stuff like that. Did they meet? Did your parents meet because they both wrestled, or your, they met and then your mom got into wrestling? They met because of pro wrestling. That's really my cool. Mom, yeah, she was so right. So it's in your blood in some it, way, It's right? in my blood, yeah. That's I awesome. mean, I look like my dad, and I guess... I, I think got, you look like your mom, too, though. Yeah, I look like both people. Yeah, you look exactly like both of them, I would say. I mean, I got the Asian eyes, but everything else is Greek, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> Danny, you want to get on and confirm? <laughs> So when you have a family one day, do you think that um, you'll want your kids to wrestle and or do jujitsu? I mean, if I have a family one, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, when I have a family one day, I definitely want my kids to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this conversation, and we said that, you know, like, if wrestling's not their sport and mm-hmm. they want to play any other sports, that's great, but they got to at least wrestle. Uh, what would we say? What they got to do? At least For how many years? Oh, they got to wrestle throughout high school. Wrestle or jujitsu, or is it wrestling? No, it has to be wrestling. Why is that? The reason why is because it's that work ethic. You know, the practices are way different than anything else. It's an individual sport, and it builds character. Um, Also, like they even say, like in even in MMA, like um, like Cormier, I believe they talk about how wrestling is harder than MMA with the conditioning aspect of it. Yeah. That's cool. Even if it's a, a daughter, right? Oh, fuck. I hope I have two daughters. You yeah. Know? Or maybe, yeah, no, they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be world champs. But I'll never be one of those dads that's going to yell at them or, you know, put pressure. You know, if they don't, you know, I want them to stick with jujitsu and grappling. But if, you know, if they don't want to compete in wrestling, that's fine. But they got to, they got to do the practices. Right. For they sure. got to at least stick with yeah, it for a little bit. Just the, just the practices because of the work ethic. I got that they got to put in. 
That's awesome. Speaking of having children one day, I know you already have two kids. Yep. Uh, two daughters. Do you want to tell us a little bit of, about them? Yeah, I mean, this is Chansu. You know, as you can she see, might not be on camera. Her. You might have to pick her up. Yeah, this is my dog Chansu. She's about ten months old. Um, the reason why her name is Chansu—that's my middle, my middle school—that's my middle name, Chansu. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a meaning behind Chansu. What's the right? meaning? <laughs> I mean, look at her, <laughs> right? Um, For those who are only listening, not watching, describe what, like, tell us what she is, what kind of dog, and everything. What is she? A miniature dachshund. Yeah, she's a long-haired dachshund. Long-haired dachshund. All I know is she's a dachshund. She's a female, and she's very loving. But she's great, and yeah, I love her. And your other daughter? No, come over here, Sarah. Now this is uh, I don't know what the hell she is, but this is Sarah. Sarah Connor. You're a uh, this is my stepdaughter because yeah. before I I didn't get her. Uh, it's my daughter, whatever. So she came with Deanna, and I ended up. She came with Deanna, and I ended up, you know, package deal. Oh, yeah, I ended up taking her with me. And, but this is uh, no, seriously, this is Sarah Connor. She's a Lycoy. Apparently, she's a she's a rare breed, right? Yeah, werewolf she's a cat, werewolf, right? Yeah. yeah. And every morning she she bites my toes because she's like, "Daddy, get the fuck up!" <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's end on a fun note. So you're known kind of for having some wild hair. Yeah. Do you have a hair routine? Hmm. I mean, yeah. The only time I'll have my long hair like down is either when I'm pissed off. Mm -hmm. That's when you know I'm pissed. My hair's down. Or are you mad right now? Huh? Are you angry right now? I'm angry right now. <laughs> or, you know, just on special occasions when mm -hmm. I'm feeling, you know. But I mean, like, what's your hair care routine? Like, do you, like, use a, a certain shampoo? No, do you have I styling? Use, I don't use any kind of shampoo because I don't have a hair sponsor. Oh, sponsor. so you're looking for one. I'm looking for one. I believe Head & Shoulder just reached out to me. Oh, but, my God. But it's a whole process. They really? Me, yeah, they told me that I got to, like, go on their website and apply. Are you going to do it? I think somebody else is going to do it for me because I don't feel like doing it. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> do you, like, get certain haircuts to keep it? Nice. I mean, I get a trim. That's and, it? Yeah, that's it. So you don't put gel or anything in it? You just wake I, up and I, walk out the door? I wake up. Yeah, you brush it? Up. Yeah, no. Pretty much. I don't I don't brush it. I use my fingers. And actually, really? Yara taught me that. Really? Yeah, because apparently we got the same kind of hair, but I can't see it. You'll never know. I'll never know. Unless you marry her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to beat Dante Rivera to that one. Oh, Dante will? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he tells Yara when he sees oh, her that so he's gonna marry her so he can see She's her hair. What's your favorite thing about jujitsu? It's honestly the people in this sport. It's just meeting, you know, it's really like helping other people out. Like mm -hmm. what I love is like again, going back to the kids, like I love coaching the kids and then a few months later you'll see like the parents signing up and taking classes. And I think that's really yeah, cool, that's cool where now you have the whole family, whole family doing jujitsu and right. just seeing their, how happy they are. And this is their like escape from like the real world is like, is awesome to see. Yeah. 
What's your least favorite thing? If you had to pick something, yeah, there's a lot of drama and bullshit going on in jujitsu. Yeah, and and everyone knows. And I even told you from the start, like, you know, you're still early in the sport, but you're going to see a lot of. Eventually, you're going to see a lot of drama, right? And there's a lot of, you know, in my opinion, I see a lot of jealousy, Mm -hmm. and um, and there's no point. Like it's just (laughs) it's grappling, right? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you did. That was some yeah. of, and maybe the only advice you've ever That's, given. Me. And there's a lot of shit talkers in the sport behind your back. Yeah, where you know Instagram's fake, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll comment and congratulate you, but really behind that they're they're talking shit. And I, I the reason why I'm saying that is because I overhear things, mm-hmm. right? And and meanwhile, like I'm like, didn't you just comment on that dude's? post and right he's he's great like you know stuff like that but that's why i just keep my head down people say i'm very quiet in the training room there's a reason why i'm quiet right and also i'm there to train right so i'm not there to to be friends with everyone we just keep it mutual right but i think having a a good group of friends is important to kind of keep the sport fun don't you think yeah 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 for sure for sure except for it's fun Except, except, for what? For, except for all the drama that goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so who's your uh, best friend in jiu-jitsu? <laughs> my best friend? Well, my best friend in jiu-jitsu. It's, I'm talking to her right now. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Wow. And that's why, why are you lying to me? And that's why I'm doing this podcast. Because didn't I tell you I would never do a podcast unless I got paid? And I'm doing your podcast. I appreciate Because I'm a good you. friend. I thought you were gonna say Maddie. No, I'm a good friend. But no, <laughs> you're my you're my best female friend. How about that? Wow, you are as offended. Oh, you see, I got someone in this room. <laughs> Yikes! Up. He forgot right, she was right. here. I got, I got. He probably told her the same thing yesterday. <laughs> I'm your. I got best. half and half. Thing one, thing two. I mean Yara. Yara and Elisa. Okay, are my my two best female friends, and yeah. then my best friend who actually got me into jujitsu. He's the one who he would. Maddie. I took that step ahead by joining, but Maddie was the one who, yeah. who was already, I think, a brown belt at the time when I first got into it. Mm-hmm. But he trains at NJMA in Maple Shade. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and I love him. So. And your best, best, best friend is Deanna. My best, 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 best friend is Deanna. So when I first got into jujitsu, I remember at the time, like, I was like, man, eventually I want to get into MMA, but let me just train jujitsu until I become a blue belt and then maybe switch gyms to to work on my MMA skills. But at the time, I remember the Ultimate Fighter was on. It was Mm -hmm. the summer of 2017, actually, and it was her season. And I remember, like, it's funny because, like, I recognized her in some of the fights and episodes, but, like, it's just cool to see, like, like I was watching her, like, on The Ultimate Fighter. And mm-hmm. then six years later, you know, we ended up meeting at, at Webb's, and now she, you know, she took me to Hawaii to corner her mm-hmm. as one assistant. And, you know, now, you know, now she's my fiancé, so. See that? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, so. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on Jits and Giggles. Daishi, I really appreciate you. <laughs> and um, you want to give your, your new Instagram handle? Yeah, so before my Instagram account was goto underscore 184. But, you know, that's not really a jujitsu username. So mm-hmm. I had to change it to goto underscore BJJ. Perfect. And 
maybe in the near future, I'll have some rash guards coming in. So yeah. I'll keep everyone posted. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye.